The Bible has many stories of people that was hopeless in the Bible. Like them, we often drift into hopelessness, desperation, hurtfulness, loneliness. The Bible and all of its translation don't normally use the word hopelessness. They, they use other words like downcast, troubled, mourning, cry, despairing, miserable, and so forth. Have you ever read those words? Okay. But you know what is the golden thread pull through this? Not one of them camped there. They got out of it. And they said, no, with my God, I'm going forward. Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church podcast, where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, children, and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online, and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging, and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. We're going to speak about hope. Hope in a hopeless world. I think that is a message that's been on my heart for a very, very long time. And um, I... I'm so privileged that God gives us the opportunity or give me the opportunity to speak to you about this. So those of you that don't know me, uh, my name is Harvid Lange. So um, thank you, Heinz, wherever you are, to, that you're giving me the opportunity to, to be able to speak to the flock. Um, so today I'm going to, when I was preparing about hope, I realized one thing, that hope can actually be a series of Six weeks, just on hopes, on what hope isn't, <laughs> what hope is. We can speak about um, what are the challenges in trying to be hopeful. We can speak about hopelessness and how does that happen. How do I, how do I cultivate hope? How do I make sure that I don't lose my hope? So I'm going to try today to take everything I just said and put it into one sermon. Okay. So for the next two and a half hours, I want you to quickly listen to these verses of hope. Psalm 16, 9 says, Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. Psalm 119, 114 says, You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, Blessed the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Romans 5, 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given to us. Romans 15, 4 says, For whatever things we were written before were written for our learning, and I'll get to this later, that we through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Okay, might have hope. So I just wanted to quickly show you that there is many Scriptures in the Bible about hope, of hope. Johan, the interesting thing is there is about 316 scriptures of hope in the Bible over 13 translations. 
That means there's a, a, a verse, Yaku, of hope for almost every day of the year. However, when I look around me and I look at the people around me and I see their hopelessness, I see something that worries me. That even if there is so many verses of hope in the Bible, there's still a lot of hopelessness out there. So what does that tell us? When we look at that as intelligent people, we need to see that and go, but why is that? I have the privilege in our ministry to speak to many people on many concerning issues and that's pressing on their hearts. And the one thing that's universal is the issue of hope. Actually, more true is the issue of hopelessness. Some... Where in our lives we will have a battle with hopelessness. I'm going to give you some stats and this broke my heart. On average, almost 3,000 people commit suicide daily. For every person who completes a suicide, there's 20 or more that attempt to end their lives. Go make the sums. About 1 million people commit suicide each year. Every 40 seconds, the loss of a person who killed himself shatters the lives of people around them. According to the South African Council of Psychiatrists, suicide is one of the leading causes of death globally, and it's very prevalent amongst men. South Africa is ranked number 10 on the list of countries with the most suicides. Listen to this. Depressive disorders affect approximately 9.5% of the South African population age 18 and older. Preschoolers are the fastest growing market for antidepressants. At least 6% of preschoolers are clinically depressed and it's rising. 30% of women are depressed. Men's figures were previously thought to be half of women, but it's climbing and getting higher and higher. 15% of depressed people will commit suicide. One five percent of all depressed people. Depression will be the second largest killer after heart disease by 2024. And studies show depression is a, one of the most biggest contributors to fatal heart attacks. Breaks my heart to see how many children are struggling with hopelessness. Suicide rates are rising in our areas under the youth. And I think it's all because we're neglecting to speak to our children about hope. TikTok and YouTube and all these influencers and woke radicals are shouting louder than the parents. They understand the rule of first mention. They're getting the attention of your children before you do. We need to teach our children what biblical hope is biblical hope. But I think the problem is we can't teach what we don't know. If you don't believe it with all your heart, if you don't know what it is to have that hope, if you are struggling yourself, how do I teach my children? Does that make sense? If I look at the stats above that all the stats that I just went through, we've got a problem. You can't sit at home and close your eyes and say, no, 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 there's no problem. There's a problem and it's rising on your doorstep. 
So do you see how important this lesson on hope is? The Bible has many stories of people that was hopeless in the Bible. Like them, we often drift into hopelessness, desperation, hurtfulness, loneliness. The Bible and all of its translation don't normally use the word hopelessness. They, they use other words like downcast, troubled, mourning, cry, despairing, miserable, and so forth. Have you ever read those words? Okay, Those are people that didn't have hope. Sometimes I read these stories of my heroes in the Bible just to make sure and see uh, they were human, I'm also human. And, I'll, and we'll get to that a bit later. Listen to a few of, of the guys in the Bible. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 20 says, Cursed be the day in which I was born. Let the day not be blessed in which my mother bore me. Why did I come forth from the wind to see labor and sorrow that my day should be so consumed by shame? May I die. Job's words of hopelessness. Why did I not die at birth? Job asked. Why did I not perish when I came from the womb? Job 14, 19. As water wears away stones and as torrents wash away the soil of the earth, so you, speaking to God, destroy the hope of man. I mean, he's so down <laughs> that he says, God, you that created everything, you are there all hope. You actually take away my hope. That's how down Job was. He says to God, you're a hope killer. Jonah, now Lord, let me die. I am better off dead than alive, he says. Moses in Numbers 11 says, why have you treated me so badly? Why are you so displeased with me? Why have you given me the responsibility of all these people? If you are going to treat me like this, take pity on me and rather kill me. Elijah did the same. David, I'm not even going to go into the Psalms and read that. I want to encourage you with these examples. But you know what is the golden thread Paul through this, not one of them camped there. They got out of it. And they said, no, with my God, I'm going forward. And today, I want to show you how to do that. Will that help anyone here today? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this word today, Father God. And as we get into your word, as we get stuck in, Father, I pray that whatever I say, Holy Spirit, that it will be your words and not mine, that it will take root in the hearts of your people, that it will grow and it will show fruit. We ask that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The reality is, John 16, says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the, wo uh, the world. There's something that we need to realize, that the Bible says there will be trials and there will be tribulation. But the Word has got 3,000 promises that we can stand on to get through it. But if that is the truth, again, I leave the question with you, why is there then hopelessness? Why is the stats rising? These are the questions that I, will, I was faced with when I started preparing. So what I want to do in the, in the next few minutes is to just, one, tell you 
what hope is not. Because that's important. Because you might be holding on to the wrong thing. Then I want to tell you, what is hope? And how do I activate that? And then I'm going to tell you what to look out for. And just two lessons on how do I cultivate or reactivate hope. Is there anyone that that will help today? Okay, me and my two sons. Thank you. Great. Thank you, guys. So before we go further, let me tell you what hope is not. You see, nowadays, hope is expecting something to happen, but not being entirely sure if it will. Guys, that's a wish. If you're not entirely sure. There's a huge difference between hope and optimism. Optimism hopes for the best without a guarantee. We teach on the power of being positive and having optimism. But when it's not grounded in the word, it will wither and die. So the first thing you need to know is hope is not a wish. Hope is not a wish. It is not rubbing a little lamp. I'm going to say a kettle. A little kettle. It's not rubbing a little lamp and a genie comes out and you go, oh, this is what I want. Oh, if I can only have this. Oh, if, oh I, I, I hope for this. Oh, I wish for that. That's a, that's a wish. But I think that we find ourselves there where we go, oh, I, I hope for a better job. Oh, if I can only have a bit more money. Oh, if only my husband can stop snoring. Wait, that's, a, that's miracles. Um, um, I, oh, if I can only upgrade this. Oh, and it becomes this wish list that we've created for ourselves. Guys, that's not hope. And through all of this, we find ourselves plunging deeper and deeper into a hole of hopelessness if we live our lives this way. For a long time, I have found myself in that position. In 2013, I lost, we lost a big business. I lost everything that I owned. Like, like, a, like I'm a big thief. They stopped at my house and they took my cars and they drove away. Not long after, my ex-wife took my children and she put them in a car and she drove away. And I lost my family and I lost my business and I was hopeless. I said, God, how do I get through this? And I'm telling you this, not to have pity on me. I'm telling you this so that I can say that I am preaching from a position where I was hopeless, where I didn't see the light. And how God dealt with me on saying, but there is hope, true hope. Then I discovered Romans 15, 13 and says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And not understanding hope, I took that and every morning I was declaring that and saying, God, there will be hope. And I, I walk out the house very positive and I walk back into the house very defeated. Didn't get the, the call that I wanted to say, hey, the money's back in your bank. Didn't get the call. Debtors phoning me all the time. When are you paying this? When are you paying that? We're going to fetch this. We're going to do this. And I just felt defeated and hopeless all the time. And I can remember saying, God, if only, if this, 
if that, and I was focusing on my own needs, wishing and wishing and wishing. I cried to God and reminded him that it was said, I am blessed. God, you say I am blessed. And I want to challenge you now, you and your private thoughts right now. What is a blessed life for you? What does a blessed life, Drikas, look like for you? Is it maybe having more business? Is it maybe having a second car because we only have one? Is it a good education for my children, Wesley? Is it maybe good health? Is it, what does a blessed life look like for you? I remember, I can exactly remember where I was walking when I was challenged with this. And I was next to a, a pillar and, and a friend of mine was in hospital 40 days in COVID in a coma. And we were praying for him and we were praying for him. And God said to me at that moment, Javi, if Phil dies, am I still good? And I had to examine this framework I have created in my body, in my mind. What is blessings really? Listen to this. What if I mention words? Esme, what if I mention words like hungry, thirsty, mourning, meek, persecuted, insulted? Is that blessed? Jesus came in Matthew 5, <laughs> and he says, blessed is the hungry, the thirsty, the ones that mourn, the meek, the persecuted, the insulted. Blessed are they. And I go, I need to go re-examine what I think a blessed life is. I'm spending too much time there. Hope is not a wish. Secondly, true hope is not the absence, listen to me, true hope is not the absence of a storm, but Jesus in your boat. Do not think that hope is only hope when there's no storms in your life. I remember a guy called Peter getting out the boat and he was keeping his eye on Jesus. And there was a storm around him. And he was walking on the water. And as soon as he took his eyes off the Savior, he started sinking. His hope wasn't that he can walk on water. His hope was in Jesus saying, if you can do this, I can do this. So it wasn't the absence of the storm. It was Jesus that was there. When they had the storm on um, um, on the, on the lake, and Jesus was sleeping. They came to him, and they said, surely we're going to die, and they woke him up, and he spoke a word, and the storm went. It wasn't the storm. It was him and his boat that gave them hope that they won't die. Do you get that? So hope is not a wish, and hope is not the absence of a storm in your life. So if you've got any of those, hey, we're going to walk forward with this. So now I need you to concentrate. That was only the prelim. Okay, here comes the meat. What is hope then? 
Hope is more than a motivational thought or a positive attitude when you get out of bed. You see, hope is a nothing is impossible with God attitude, refusing to give up. It's the awareness that God is actually expecting, looking, and longing to show me His goodness every day. That is hope. Hope is what stabilizes your frantic thoughts and emotions. It is the awareness that there is no problem big enough to keep God from reaching me. No problem. And I believe that with all my heart. And I'll get now how you can believe. There's a few words um, in Hebrew and in the Greek that describes hope. So, Tikva, Kava, and Alpus. Now, when I said to my wife, uh, for me, how I remember Alpus is Elvis without the V and just the P. She said, it's too lame. Please don't say it in church. So then I decided right there I'm going to say it in church. Okay. Let's start with Tikva. In Hebrew, the word means expectation. And it also means cord or rope which comes from a root word that means to bind or to wait upon. Listen to this. For I know the plans I have that for you, declares the Lord in Jeremiah 29. The plans of welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a? Let's take that hope out and we say, and give you a tikva. I will give you a rope of hope. Guys, are you getting this? He says, if you want a future, if you want to get through this, I will give you tikva. I will give you a rope that you can hold on to in those difficult times. That is hope. That is hope. God, I'm holding on to that rope. Okay, let me move on to kava. So that's tikva. Kava is the following. It says, even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. Okay, this is in Isaiah 40. But those who hope or wait in the Lord will do renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, and they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So what is that word hope in verse 31? What is it? That word hope is the word kava, Q-A-V-A-H. Kava constitute a notion of twisting and binding together a stretching rope. Let me say that again. It's the notion of twisting and binding together a stretching rope. The kava is especially on its best in that tension mode. And I'll get to that. I'll explain it all to you right now. That tension in the rope is the same word that describes being stretched. It is in the stretched times his hope will come to fruition. Let me explain it to you like this. When you go abseiling, okay, do you take a rope? Okay. When the rope lies next to you when you abseil, does it mean anything? You on? Nothing. I have to first take that rope, stay with me, tie it around my body with a safety harness. I have to tie it around a rock and then 
go backwards. Kava is that moment when I lean backwards and backwards and backwards. And I'm at a 90 degree angle and there's tension in that rope. That tension, that's called kava. That is hope. When I take the rope, the t- tikva, and I take the tikva and I put it around the rock that gives me hope, the rock of the ages, the rock that have brought this world into existence, and I take that rope of tikva and I put it around that, that um, um, rock and I then tie it to myself and I say, okay, God, I'm letting go and I'm letting go and I'm letting go. And as soon as my life is stretched, as soon as there is tension in that tension, God says, here's my hope. That is real hope. The kava hope. The tikva hope. The rope of hope that we put around us. Hope is a confident expectation of good. Hope is the anticipation of victory, even in the face of defeat. Hope is that fuel that takes us from today into tomorrow. Hope is the blessed assurance everything is going to be all right. That's hope. So now that we know that hope is tikva and kava, and you can go read Alpes and, and what that means, I want to get into two lessons. You still with me? Learning something? Lesson one, Romans 15, four says, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance, stay with me, for everything that was written in the past, written where? For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance, perseverance, taught in the scriptures, capital S, and the encouragement that these scriptures provide, we might have hope. How do I cultivate my hope? I read the word. I read the word. Guys, let me say this, an indictment against us. When we had um, Real Men Conference, I was woken up for a week and God woke me up and he said, Chavi, my people do not read my word. The next day, Chavi, my people are not praying. They say they are, but they're not. Chavi, my people say they walk with me and they have a relationship with me, but they don't. Every day, Chavi, my people say they read my word, but they don't. If you want to have real hope, true, authentic, kavah, Tikva hope, you need to read the word of God. We need the examples in the Bible to build our faith. We need to write them down, scriptures that build our faith and stick it on the inside of our cupboards and on our mirrors. We should record them and listen to them in the car. And you know, while I'm saying that, there's some of you that will do that and you'll see it will change your lives, but it is still not enough after I've read the stats in the beginning and I'm telling you now what to do and there will still be people that don't do it. 
You will be trapped in that hopelessness if you do not up your time that you spend in the Word. You have to read the Word. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Here's four points that I just want to bring to your attention of reading the Word. Hope is always in the future, and it's only later seen that this builds hope and patience. Listen to this, Romans 8.24. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? Question mark. But if we hope for what we do not yet have, it produces patience. Produces patience. When I read the scripture to my wife, she said, well, that's not nice to hear. <laughs> I don't want to see it later. I want to see it now. It's a very difficult scripture. Hope is not something that I will see right now. You see, hope requires trust in God. And we do not see what we are waiting for. But through our trust in Him, we are confident it will come if we wait patiently. The second thing is, perseverance in our suffering brings hope. Oh, Romans 5, 3 says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, isn't that very interesting? You see, this is how hope will work. Okay, Chavi, here is Tikva. Here is my rope of hope. Make sure that you're tired around you. How do I do that? By reading his promises in the Bible. And then, Chavi, what I need you to do is take the Tikva and put it around the rock of the ages that is Jesus. And you put it around there. And Chavi, all you do is you keep your eyes on the rock. And then, Chavi, you need to cover. You need to go backwards and backwards. And as I go backwards and that rope is tight when I can get go and it's him the rock of the ages holding me upright and hope is in motion it says it creates perseverance and when I'm starting to persevere through my trials and my tribulations and the difficulties it says it builds character when I start building character I'm saying what God says I'm saying his promises I am standing on his word I am reading his word I'm worshiping with my heart and when I start building character hope is produced you cannot get to the hope if you do not persevere and if your character is not built. But you see, when we've got that character, suddenly there's a fragrance around you. You walk into a room and people say, I smell something, something that I'm not used to, and it's called hope. And they say, I need to see you for coffee. Johan, I need to, go, I need to grab you by the arm because you've got something I haven't seen. But we cannot get to that point if we do not have character. And we can't get to character if we do not persevere through the storms. And then, only then, we will have hope. Only then, you will have hope. True hope. I hope you're thinking about this and this is why you're so quiet. Hope brings joy and peace. The hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. Hope produces joy. 
Fourthly, hope makes us bold. 3 Corinthians 3.12 says, Therefore, since we have such hope, we are very bold. Hebrews 6.18 says, God cannot lie. Every promise God makes will come to pass. And we can be bold and confident in our hope. Why? Because we know that His promises is yes and amen. Gervi, if he gave you a promise and you stand on that promise and you keep your eyes on Jesus and you let go and you hold on to that kava and tikva, do you know what's going to happen? You're going to be bold because your character will stand up and say, I will not take my eyes off there. The storms will not waver me. And suddenly true hope kicks in. It's not a wish that things will go. It's the promise of God that gets activated. Faith is the substance of, and that substance is the promises of God. Well, I'm enjoying this. Thank you, God. If you need hope for the rejected, go read the woman weeping at Jesus' feet. If you need hope for changes for unsaved people, go read the story of Zacchaeus. If you need hope for forgiveness, go read the unforgiving servant in Matthew 18. If you need hope in death and that in death there is hope, go read the thieves on the cross in Luke 22. If you need hope because just to know that Jesus rose from the dead and we're going into eternity, go read Luke 24. If you need hope that there is always hope, go read the prodigal son. The Bible is full of reasons to have hope. But you need to read this. This should become your anchor. Not a motivational speaker on YouTube. Sorry, I said to my wife, I will not get angry. But we have become lazy. But we want hope. But we've become lazy. That's for free. Lesson two. Let me ask you this. Yanni, is God a God of hope? Is God a God of hope? If we really believe that, why is the stats on the rising? If we really believe that, why are we not out there telling people he is hope? If we really believe that. And the only thing I can think is we don't really believe it. Romans 15, 13 says, remember this, Romans 15, 13. I'm just going to kick me because we're doing a thing on Romans and I'm taking his stuff now, okay. Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope, the God of what? Of what? Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow, that you may have abundance of what? Hope. This is incredible. May the God of hope the one that made you, the one that's woven you together. He is the God of hope. He is the one that says, I will come through for you every single time. 
So if we believe that he's the God of hope, this implies a few things. The first thing it implies is God's nature is hope. If he's the God of hope. Do you see him as a God of hope or this old man with a stick that hits you every time that you do something wrong? He's the God of hope in your life. The second thing that we need to see is he is the source and the supplier of hope. It says, may the God of hope fill you. May the God of hope fill you. Hope is God's gift to the believer. Jeremiah writes the following. For I know the plans I have for you. They are the plans for good. Plans to give you a future and a hope. He is able to pour his hope into our lives. All the hope we will ever need is in his resources. Guys, listen to this. If you have a car and your car is running on empty and the little orange light comes on. Now, for my wife, that means I need to phone my husband to fill the car, okay? It's not what it means. I'm joking, babe. It's not what you do. You do it after you. No, I'm joking. When that little orange light comes on, when that little orange light comes on, will you pass a petrol station? All the men go, no. The wives go, maybe. <laughs> Listen, stay with me, stay with me. If you drive your car and your car is on empty, you will not pass a filling station to go stand next to the road. Then tell me, why are we then, if we know that God is the God of hope and we are running on empty and I'm feeling down and I'm hopeless and we say, but I feel I'm gonna just collapse, I move past the God of hope and I say, I will do this on my own. Why do we do it with our own lives, with this body of Christ that he's given us and we say, no, 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 I will do this on my way. Forget about Kava, forget about Tikva, forget about all these things, I'm gonna do it. I will not do it to my core, but I'll do it to my Myself. If he is truly the God of hope, why do we not go to him when we are running empty? Because we have become lazy. You need to read the word. We need to take better care of ourselves when it comes to our spiritual well being. You need to run to the Father. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church podcast message of the week. I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or you can catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.